0: battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer to learn more about why abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by premier boat builders visit abyssbattery.com
1: welcome to bear archery's hunting 101 podcast where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray.
2: Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, as always, presented by our great friends over at ScentLock. And just so happens, I've got some guys on the phone today that can get you an incredible discount at ScentLock. ScentLock is by far, leaps and bounds, uh, my favorite clothing. Um, Simply put, they can get me all the way through the season from early to late, but also their carbon technology for maximum odor absorption is what really sets them apart in my eyes. Now, I want to share a little success story uh, of a friend of mine texted me this morning. And uh, said he shot a buck, and I'm like, "Congratulations, man! I was so happy for him." And uh, and then he said, "Yeah, listen to your episode, and uh, I, I implemented two things that you talked about in your episode." And he said, I, "I I was amazed at the confidence I had going into that hunt, which that right there is what this podcast is all about: hmm. teach and to inspire and to help grow as outdoorsmen." And uh, put it this way: I've got two pictures in the last week after I told people to pee from their tree stand. I've gotten two pictures in the last week of people saying, I peed for my tree stand and this buck came right in. Guys, if you're not peeing in your tree stand, you better start. Um, we've got some special guests on the phone. And again, uh, some guests that not only uh, have, have changed the way that I hunt, and, and I say that, you'll understand why here in a second. They've changed the way I've hunted, uh, but they've also opened up the door um, to a lot of people to, to understand better uh, the rut and understand better uh, different factors that play into a successful hunt as far as wind direction and moon phases and cold fronts and barometric pressure and all of these things that, that sometimes can be difficult to wrap your mind around. They've changed the way that people can understand that. I am talking about the guys from HuntWise. We've got Andy Blanchard and Nate Heisinger on the phone with us. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing great. Awesome. Doing great, Dylan. Appreciate you having us on. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, you know, I'm going to be as upfront and honest with everybody as I can. When choosing to work with HuntWise, and I told Nate this, when choosing to work with HuntWise, I personally pay for Base Map and I personally pay for Onyx, And I personally found that HuntWise was my favorite. And that's why I reached out to the guys at HuntWise. The platform is easy to use. The platform is easy to understand. The platform is, is easy to get around and I really just enjoy the maps. And so yeah. keep going, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and so kudos to you guys for developing an awesome platform. Now, what are, what's your roles there at Huntwise, gentlemen?
1: i gentlemen? Oh, you go first, Nate.
0: All right. So, um, Nate, I work with all of our brand partners. Um, that's from, our uh, brand partners to our uh, ambassador team, to our grassroots field team. You know, I sort of joke anything with relationships and people. That's, uh, that's what I deal with, that's what I like.
1: Um, yeah, in a nutshell. Uh, and, and my role over here is director of products. So anything that, that has to do with, um, from validating features that we currently have, thinking about validating new features that we want, to implementing those features within the app, um, all the way to customer service, customer support, uh, we kind of we, we call it customer experience um, side of the house. So so getting new ideas in, getting them developed, and then supporting those at a, at a customer success level.
2: Now before we dive in, and before we jump into this, uh, because I will forget, um, guys, go to huntwise.com. Check it out. You can do seven days for free. This is the best time to check it out. We're in the we're in the the rut is just now kicking off. The rut is just now uh picking up. The rut is just now um bucks are firing off. And uh, you know, it's November 10th, and and I couldn't nail down a better week than than this week here, the week of like the eighth through the twelfth. Just a fantastic time to be in the Deer Woods. And Hunt Wise here. And I'm excited for you guys to talk about it real quick. But HuntWise has developed this um, rut cast and and helping you understand the stages of the rut and when they take place and how to hunt the stages of the rut. Um, And so this is a fantastic time to try out HuntWise. Go to HuntWise.com, do a seven-day free trial. After your seven-day free trial, you can use code HUNT101 and get 20% off uh, the year of membership because after your seven days, you're going to want to purchase it, guaranteed. Um, so go check it out. Use code Hunt One Hundred One. You have to use that on the the website. You can't use it on the on, inside the app. So go to the website. Use that code. You'll get twenty percent off. Now before we dive into Huntcast, I do got to share this story. I had a buddy of mine. Uh, we were at, he was at my house Saturday uh, and we were shooting bows, and he said, "Man, I've really been wanting to get some some lock. And I'm like, "Let's do it, man!" And so we built an order, and he's like, "Oh man, this is a lot of money." Um, <laughs> I mean, it was in the thousands of dollars. He's like, this is a lot of money. And I'm like, and And I said, well, hold on, man. I have an idea for you. And he's like, what do you got? And I'm like, if you go and purchase HuntWise, you know, it'll cost you, uh, after your discount, like 95 bucks, it'll cost you 95 bucks, but you'll get a 30% discount to ScentLock. And he's like, deal. So literally in a matter of minutes, he spent 95 and saved like 250 or 300, whatever it was. And I'm like, there you go, man. Made your money back. Easy as that. So even if you don't like maps, even if you don't use maps, you'll make your money back just on, on saving on products that you were going to buy anyways, just by being a member of HuntWise. Um, walk me through HuntCast, or RutCast, I'm sorry, how that came about, um, the idea behind it, how it's used, uh, the science behind it. Walk me through that.
1: Yeah. Um, so we, we, we have, we've had HuntCast, um, and the idea behind HuntCast is there's uh 20 plus or multiple characteristics that we we put into our algorithm uh to understand animal or deer behavior actually a uh, number of animals the behavior on how they move when they move why they move you talked about it moon phase barometer um you know there's some of the the very apparent ones but there's also some other ones that we have in there you know, building up on on weather patterns and, and multiple days and other things like that. I don't want to give right away the secret sauce, but so we had HuntCast and it's been very successful. You know, from a a youth standpoint, you know, all of our hunters love it. Um, we you know we've partnered with Jeff Sturgis, who is. Uh, I've referenced, I don't know if it's the right way to, I've referenced him kind of as the Yoda of hunting. (laughs) Like you listen to this man and he knows what he's talking about. He's done it. He's been there. Um, So we partnered with him and and we've worked through our algorithm multiple, multiple times to to refine it to where it's at right now. Um, And and there was uh, within HuntCast, there was this piece around the rut. We knew rut dates around the country. We had done a bunch of research already. And but we didn't really articulate it in a way that people could um, easily digest and consume to understand what you had said earlier, Dylan. That okay, I know right now the property that I hunt um, is in pre-rut. Oh, oh, you know, before even coming here and you know a couple of years, like I knew there was rut and I knew it was on and off, but I didn't know that there was pre-rut or there was a lockdown. Different phase. phases of the rut, yeah, yeah. and so. You know we're we're also telling you not only that the rut is on at a, a county by county level with with using the map and using the app um, but we're also educating you on um, understanding okay I'm in pre-rut or where you're hunting where that hunting digital hunting property is that you put on your map um, or the pin what do you do in that phase how do you be extremely successful Knowing that you're in the pre-rut phase, you can identify, because you're sitting in the field or you've gone in and you can identify, okay, I know that these three things are characteristics for pre-rut. Then on top of that, we tell you how you should be hunting the property, the digital, you know, physical to digital property that you make on your map uh, in the app. How should you go about hunting that property? Where should you put your stands? What stands should you be sitting at in pre-rut versus in um, peak rut or post-rut or second rut? So we give you these tools of of really that are all around the rut and how you should be successful. Then on top of that, with with what we had with HuntCast, we actually say, you're in pre-rut in the next 10 days the next 10 days, the ninth day is the best day for you to go sit because of all of these other algorithm characteristics that we put together for you. So we know you're in pre-rut, you know, you've identified that, you know, these are the things that are happening. And then on top of that, this is the best day for, for you to go hunt. We joke internally that we do everything but pull the trigger for you yeah it's no. like you know
0: if, if we can help people figure out hey when can i actually take time off of work or when should i get off of school or skip school i don't know i should be saying that but uh that but is- when when should i optimize my time like all no, of the, november yeah exactly <laughs> you no know, we joke inside it's like you no know, this is our business time of year like we wish we were in the woods even more you No, know, we have Work, obviously, what we're doing now. We have family. There's other responsibilities that we all have. So, like, you know, selfishly, this tool has been great for us. Like, hey, I'm only out Friday morning, next week, Tuesday, because
1: it looks like there is going to be the best days. And the problem is, though, internally, we can't. Fake sick, or we can't call in <laughs> because everybody else sees that that day is the great day, and you're like, uh oh, Friday morning, I'm not, I'm not feeling good," and they're like, "Yeah, we know why you're not feeling good.
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> we checked the app. Yeah, <laughs> we, we are. All,
1: we all got the alert. Yeah, but, we're all doing the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So now,
2: so, now but, let me just say that though, and, and if I upset you guys, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. this is this is a best guess. Um and, and I say that I had to explain to my wife to that. Um I had to tell her, I'm like, Well, because she was off work and I said, Babe, you need to go sit in your tree stand. And uh she said, Well why is it saying it's a one uh a, a one deer day? And I'm like, But you still have time off and it's still peak rut or it's still uh uh pre rut. Anything can happen. Um and she was like, But it's and I'm like, sweetheart, listen to me though. During the middle of the rut, anything can happen. I understand it's not the best day, but anything can happen. So this is a, a best stab at these are the best days. Uh, but, but once you get inside the rut, anything can happen. Um, (laughs) I mean, it can change in a matter of seconds. So if you have time to go out and hunt, go out and hunt. Uh, but, but like these gentlemen said, this is the best thing that I've found to look 10 days out in advance and say, all right, babe, listen, uh, I need you. My wife's a school teacher. So I need you to be able to go into work late. Um, you know, thursday morning of this week next tuesday afternoon you need to take off early because i'm headed out in the evening um so on and so forth so it's it's a planning strategy for me uh but however if i do have time where i can go hunt i'm gonna go hunt
1: yeah and it's a, for us it's a statistical um it's not it's a statistical best guess so we have data that backs this up we've done a lot of research this year actually my team um, there's an, my team is, is new this year. so we built this team and then we've hired a GIS individual and he's spent um, countless pretty, hours pretty much the majority of this year scraping deer data um, from state sources, from insurance sources, from uh, research PhD research papers on, on how to determine the best um, statistical, days or statistical times that this is the peak rut. And and one of the funny things that we found is that there's research out there that says car crashes correlate to peak rut. And it's hard to believe that, you know, that is uh, an anomaly or that actually happens. But statistically, it shows that um, the number of car crashes actually correlate to peak rut in most areas and so yeah for us it's you know you obviously if you have time off we're not telling you not to go sit um jet now jeff sturgis has Mm -hmm. talked about you know finding like well i'll go fishing because i know today is just statistically not a great day to go hunting instead of putting my my scent or the pressure into that stand i'll go find i'll go do something else i'll practice my bow But for a lot of us who don't get, you know, all that time or have a a bunch of time off to get out, for us, we just want, and and probably the same thing with you, Dylan, we want people to get into the woods and have Mm -hmm. experiences and memories. The app is there to be a guide to tell you, hey, you know, in three days, it's going to be the best day of the week. If you can get it off, great. If not, then, you know, go when you can go. but statistically we you know from our algorithm we say this is the best time to go this is what you should be doing when you go out there
2: yeah no absolutely and it's funny that you mentioned car crashes because i tell everybody i'm like you start seeing a lot of dead deer on the side of the road go hunting Uh, (laughs) (laughs) there's three things in this world that don't cost you a dime and are good indicators that the rut's going on dead deer on the side of the road um I shouldn't say three things, but but three resources you can use, and that's car crashes, dead deer on the side of the road. Um, I always recommend if you're going to a new area, if you're you know say you're traveling to uh, Illinois to hunt whitetails for a week, call your butcher in the area and call your taxidermist in the area because they have nothing but gain in telling you that the rut's going on. Or really, man, give it three days. That's when we see it kick off around here. Um, they have an incredible amount of of resources and data because they see when the deer are coming in uh they see when the big bucks are coming in and they have nothing but 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 gain in telling you that piece of information so uh call your butchers call your taxidermists and say hey uh when is the rut kicking off in this area when do you normally see it kicking off now again it's a best guess because it can start you know 10 days earlier it can start 10 days later than normal it can um
1: but it's a good place to start yeah yeah, and there's, and again, for us, there's no guarantee based on weather patterns. We've had we've had customers get upset with us because they took days off because they planned out, you know, two weeks in advance to take this day off because that was the best day to go, and then and the weather changed, and the day changed to be you know two days after that because the weather pattern changed that we, we recommend as as the best day of the week and you know, for us, it it is, it's just based on weather. It's based on all these characteristics that we can gather and then communicate back. We, we can't change the weather. Um, we can just tell you statistically, this is the best day that we, we suggest that you go hunting.
2: How often, uh, do do your weather,
1: um, is your weather updated inside the app? Um, we've got it down and some competitive advantage. So I, I don't, We've got it down within uh, 15 minutes, so that's something that we're working on, and, and something that we're continually trying to to push. Is how do we how do we like one of the things? Weather ra- weather radar, um, you know, is and you're in the field. Do you do you want to know that this weather pattern is pushing through? Uh, I have a, a great example of that. Nate and I are actually down in Kentucky. And Nate, we were sitting on the same farm um, and we're all texting back and forth. And it wasn't a great day to go hunting from a hunt cast perspective. And, uh, and then it starts to rain. And Jeff Sturgis was down there with us and he texted and he said, you know what, I- I'm-, I'm getting out. And it was six o'clock. Like this is like pinnacle of movement. I've seen some deer and I was like, you know what, the weather doesn't look great. Jeff said it's, he's done and he's getting out. And I texted my, we had a guide come, you know, drop us off and pick And I texted him and I said, come get me. And, and, uh, he was like, what, you got an hour left. And I was like, you know what, if, if the man says that, if, you know, if Jeff says it's, it's time to get out, the weather doesn't look great. The day for us to go out wasn't great. Um, I don't want to leave my scent in the woods any longer. I don't want to be in the woods, but, um, yeah, for for me it was it was a matter of like let's let's get out and 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 not be in here. There's no need to waste time anymore in there. Um, so from from a weather standpoint, we're constantly updating the app uh, for for weather within it.
2: Now that is one thing that I'll mention, and uh, you know you have to tread lightly when you say statements like this. But some of your most profound big buck killers are not the guys who go and spend the most time in the woods but they're the guys who spend the right time in the woods mm-hmm. and and they're not just out there just to be out there. And, you know, there's been times where used to uh, when I was a kid or when I didn't have three kids, um, I would just go out and hunt just to hunt. Like it could yeah. be 95 degrees and I would be miserable, but it's deer season. I'm going to go sit in the woods. And, and now I don't want to say I've matured, but I simply don't have the time anymore. Um, to where I'm not going to go out and hunt just to go out and hunt. I'm going to wait until, you know, I see a big drop in that temperature and a rise in the barometric pressure at the same time. And I have the right wind. Um, There's no point in going out and hunting a tree stand If you have a bad wind, Um, don't do it. You're going to educate deer. You're going to spook deer. You're going to uh, make it harder to hunt those deer in the future. Um, So just stay out of it. Now I will say this. um, If the day is right, if Again, if you have a 20-degree drop in temperature and a, a, a rise in barometric pressure and that gets over twenty nine thirty, be out in the woods. Um, but don't hunt a bad wind. Uh, I've went uh, – well, actually, just this last weekend, perfect example. I had a horrible wind, but big drop in temperature. Storm was rolling in. Barometric pressure was on the rise. I didn't have a stand hung for the right wind. So I went and tucked underneath a cedar tree, and I just – I hunted, and I hunted with the right wind um so don't that's something i've learned over the years is i've noticed these guys i'm like wait a second you've been out three times and you shoot a giant well it's because those three times they went out what was perfect they waited they were patient they they made sure and oh crud there's something moving in i gotta go out in the morning um and that's when they move in they don't just hunt just to hunt yeah i
0: think there's there's something to that you know i think No, again, like, no, if you're trying to balance out family, no work, other, no priorities that you have to manage and balance out. Like, yeah, you sort of have to be smart with your time. It's almost like if there were, no, quote unquote, a throwaway stand or a hunt area where, you know, maybe a place you will always go and go out and hunt no matter what. Like that's fine. But you might have those specific hunt areas, stands that you won't touch unless it's the right wind, the right weather conditions. Yeah. Now let me just tell
2: you what I do. I I've kind of worked a new a new tree stand system, and it, and it works for me. This this might not work for everybody, but it works for me. And I know there's several tree stand companies that that make something like this, um but I use a tree stand uh, called Novix, and they have yeah. a hang uh, a hanging hook, which basically, uh, you know, I might have six sets hung that just have steps and a hook up there, and then depending on the wind, I can carry my tree stand in and hang that set. And that's what's really worked for me, kept me fluid. Uh, you know, I know a lot of guys are, are saddle hunters. Uh, I, I simply haven't taken that dive yet. But this works for me because I can have, you know, I don't have to spend thousands of dollars on 20 tree stands. Yes. But I can have six or seven different setups with just, with just steps and a hook. And then all I got to do is carry my tree stand in, put it on the hook, and set for my hunt. And that's really worked for me in being able to be fluid in a wind direction and where I need to hunt, when I need to hunt.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's sort of funny too, Dylan. Like the guys at Novix, we work with those guys as well. So same thing with Centlock. You know, if you're a, wait, look, is there a
2: discount in the app? Yeah, man. Oh
0: crap! Sir. Yes, sir. I could have saved money this week then. Potentially,
2: very much potentially. Dang yeah. it! <laughs> uh,
0: See,
2: you always got to check the discounts before you go purchase something. Yes, sir. Yes, and, sir. And it's
1: funny how many times you made that mention earlier about Centlock and saving money. How many times the amount of money you save actually? If you look, at, well, this is Simple how this is how I've justified it to my wife multiple times. Like the amount of money that I've saved pays for the app itself multiple times over. Now it doesn't always go over well when you explain it that way, but you know the idea is if you're saving the value of the app, not only are you saving that money, but the app. You know what it what it brings to you in terms of service and getting you in the stand at the right you know, the right wind at the right time, and using the product that you just bought it's it's a win win.
2: Well, and and what's and I don't mean to be too sales pitchy here, but but yes. it the products inside the app are products that you're going to be purchasing anyways arrows calls packs sights bows, um, I mean optics tree stands. Whatever. I mean, they're going. They're, they're products that you're going to be buying throughout the year, anyways. Um, so you might as well save sometimes up to fifty percent off of those things.
1: And let me let me toot Nate's horn there. He has done a really good job, and we actually in app have a, a feedback form. We want to hear what all of our our hunters need um, or are want. Like if if you're buying something and we don't have it as a discount, you know that's that's an opportunity for us to bring more value to the application. And Nate's been doing an awesome job partnering with people that we know our hunters um, actually are are buying or they actually want. That's awesome.
0: Good job, man. Hey, no, just keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. Give us some more (laughs) ideas
1: and we'll keep on Uh, of the part. Absolutely. I did want to touch on one thing you were talking about stands. And and to me, this was kind of an eye opener. um, And I was with you like, my parents had have, have 80 acres, so I would just go out and sit, and I didn't really think about the wind or think about putting my scent in the field to educate the deer. And one of the things I found, again, not to be too salesy, but I actually use it, and I really love it, in the app is you can compare stands, all the stands that you put down. So if you create a hunt area, whether it's on private land or public land, you create a hunt area and you put your stands, like you said, you have multiple trees with sticks on them, and then you set the ideal winds for those stands, what we'll do is based on the, the, the right day, you can actually compare all of those stands before you go into the field to say, this is the stand that has the best wind for today. So you don't have to get in there and, and you know drive to the property or get there and be like, what's the wind? Will actually tell you this is the best stand that you should go sit at based on the wind that you want for the for that property.
2: Now let me say this too again. Uh, I don't want this to turn into just a sales pitch, but <laughs> guys, I've tested a lot of apps. Um, I've 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 tested Hunt Stand. I've tested Onyx. I've tested Base Map. I've tested uh, a plethora of them, and they're, they're all good apps. They all have mm-hmm. something to offer. Yep. Um, but when compared, I went to, what I did was over two weeks, and I'm just telling you my testing. Um, you can believe me or not, or you can, can just say you just picked one. Um, but over two weeks, I went, because wind is my biggest thing. Yes. I went to, over two weeks, I went to like 25 different tree stands. And I would pull out the app. I would check the wind uh, that the app said. I would run my my wind checker and see what it was showing me. But then I would also check several different weather apps um and, and i found hunt wise to be the most accurate on the wind direction
0: yeah yeah i think that's something we work really hard on like no same thing there's aspects that we're still i think we're going to be working at calculating even more accurately but yeah i think that's something we really take pride in because we know like when such wind's one of the most important aspects
2: of hunting you no. Know? Now, I'm not going to tell you which I found to be the least accurate because I did find one to be the least accurate.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. yes, sir. No, I mean, every, all the apps have, you know, we don't want to throw anybody under the bus. All the apps have great, great things they do and, and bad things they do, and, and we're we're in that, you know, that boat as well. But we think what we try very, very hard to do from a we're hunters ourselves, but also we want to provide the best value. Is these these really important aspects of hunting. We spend a lot of time and energy researching and, and trying to give the hunter the best experience um, when they're using the app itself. One of the, one of the thesis is that when I started here is I want the app. um, I want my team to be extremely hyper-focused on the customer, hyper-focused on the hunter, understanding what they want, um and and what I want our app to be is I want our app to be that uh, data backed uncle or data backed dad or data backed you know what you said butcher or you go into your local bait shop to say hey you know where are you guys you know what are you guys seeing right now and and for us I want that app to be that guide that you can rely on to get into the field, find the best stand on the best day using the best equipment to be successful. Because all of that creates memories and experiences that not only do you remember and, you know, you put on your wall, but also you bring people that aren't in the, in the hunting industry, whether it's your kids or whether it's a friend from college or, you know, your next door neighbor, we want you to be successful and use us as a guide, so then you bring more people into it because of these amazing memories that you make through the app. Yeah,
2: right, man. That's what it's all about. And uh, before we move on, I I got to give a quick thank you, and it goes hand in hand with the guys at Huntwise. Uh, I use, and I have for a couple of years now, a trail cam uh, called Wise Eye Technology, and their their camera works with an app called Hunt Control. And basically, it'll pull all of your pictures into one app, and it'll show you each deer. It's got antler recognition technology. Uh, So if I've named a deer, uh, you know, Tall Tines, it'll put all of Tall Tines' picture into one folder. But then it'll also break it down as to when he's coming in for temperatures, wind directions, barometric pressures. And I can really work on nailing down that buck. So Wise Eye, in my opinion, really is the wisest uh, trail camera that you can get. And so, guys, go check out Wise Eye Technology. Uh, my friends over at Universal Outdoor Products will hook you up on some great deals for Wise Eye. So go check those guys out because they go hand in hand with um, Hunt Wise and being able to map out when are these deer coming in, when should I be in the field. Um, Nate, you mentioned something uh, in a prior conversation about your aspect of archery. Now, when, when we dive into this, my hope is this that somebody is tuned into this podcast and you're not a bow hunter. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about why to take that leap into bow hunting, or maybe you're a compound hunter and you've been on the verge of wanting to try shooting a recurve. Maybe this will tip the scales in the favor of you giving it a shot and giving it a try. How do you describe, you You described archery hunting as a spe- in a specific way. How'd you describe that?
0: Yeah, I think I, the way uh worded it was like that pursuit of perfection. It's that uh pursuit of, getting those biomechanics that repetition over and over um to get that perfect shot you No, know, i think i was talking an example of like you know, when we're communicating archery to non-hunters even it's like you know it's that, that perfect golf swing you know it's that you know perfect uh cast when you're fly fishing it's just that, that repetition of you know body mechanics that you've just trained and honed in to get that consistent perfect shot off i think that's that the perfection that I think embodies a lot of archery um, and it's that hunger it's that drive that makes you want to keep getting better getting better be more consistent and I think it's, it's uh it's, it's addictive you no know, I think you know, we'll spend countless you know hours over the, the year just like keep on shooting keep on shooting because you just know it's once it's enjoyable for yourself it clears your mind but then too it's that preparation of when you're in the stand in the moment drawn back that you can make that perfect shot that does that animal of service that's a clean well-placed shot you know yeah, yeah. pursue perfection yep
2: you know I would say not only not only mechanics which obviously that's the biggest thing uh, you can never outwork bad mechanics um, and that's yeah. something that's hard to accept for a lot of people uh, but you can't just outshoot bad mechanics you can't just go out and and, and be headstrong and get past bad mechanics. But, but also, mm-hmm. I think it's the pursuit of perfection in a setup and, and constantly learning, what is my bow like? Does my bow like um, a 350 spine arrow versus a 300 spine arrow? And I say that because uh, my draw length and my draw weight is really right on that verge. So every new bow, I kind of have to figure out, which, which does this bow like? Does it like 220 grains out front? Does it like 165 grains out front? Does it like a four-fletch or a three-fletch? Does it like, um, you know, you have to perfect your piece of equipment as well and perfect example of that is my wife went out and and shot her first doe with a bow and i was ecstatic um i was over the moon we never found the deer um i I watched footage back i watched it back over and over and over and over and over and over again and i think she clipped a little bit of shoulder and with a 43 pound draw weight 42 pound draw weight It just couldn't make it in. She got six, five to six inches of penetration, and the deer, I I believe, lived. Um, So what we did, we came home, and I said, all right, babe, listen, we got to work for one week to get your draw weight up. We got it to 47 pounds. We saw a five-pound increase in draw weight. Um, I called my buddies over at Deer Crossing Archery, and I said, okay, Um, she has a dozen arrows, so I don't necessarily want to build her a whole new arrow setup. What can I do? And uh, they said, we've got brass inserts for those and it'll up the front weight um, by like 55 grains or whatever it was. And I said, deal. So I I switched out her inserts for the brass, got her a little bit more weight up front, got her a little bit more poundage up front. And what was interesting, and and I got to walk her through this and it was fun to get to teach her, although she could have cared less. um, She was like, (laughs) why why did I have to recite my bow in? I'm still hitting where I'm like, well, you know, it just that's how it works because we upped your poundage, but we upped your arrow weight. So it flew pretty much the same. And she was like, well, then what like what's the benefit? What did we change? You know? And I said, well, more weight, more more draw weight. You're going to get more kinetic energy. And uh, Mm. she was like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, okay, let me ask you this. (laughs) I was like, would you rather get hit with a bowling ball going 10 mile an hour or a ping pong ball going 50 mile an hour? And she was like, the ping pong ball all day. And I'm like, yeah, because the bowling ball hurts worse. And uh, and so, you know, it was just that pursuit of perfection and realizing, okay, we, we got to tweak your setup just a little bit uh, to give you that, that harder hitting punch. And so I really like that description because it's not only in mechanics, but it's in setup because archery is an art form. And uh, especially when you go into shooting a recurve, it's an art form and you've got to perfect it.
1: And it's funny. I think. I think also the confidence that when you when you practice over and over and over and over again, and and you have it dialed, and you know exactly, you you don't have question because there's so much there's so much excitement, so much adrenaline going into when you decide to take that animal, when you decide to actually draw back on. I mean, you're you know you're taking a life, and and that's that's not something that I think most hunters take lightly. There's a this rush of like you don't want to question am i going to be able to put this arrow where i want it to go is it going to be able to penetrate deep enough you know you want to focus on on making it happen and not questioning all these other things so i think for me that's that's one of the things about this you know shooting over and over is that when you feel that you're you can do it blindly i mean same thing for 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 police officers that's why they they practice in the range and practice in different scenarios because um, you want to feel confident with your, you know, your, I guess your tool that it's going to do what you want it to do. You can perform with it. And that's not even a question when you're out actually doing that activity.
2: And, you know, I I believe that the confidence factor plays into everything hunting wise, um, going from your arrow setup to your broadhead, to your, to your bow and, and the day you're hunting and, and the area you're hunting and, when you go into a hunt with confidence and you go into a hunt with the realization that there's a good chance I see deer, there's a good chance I shoot a deer, um, and there's a good chance I kill a deer because I'm hitting where I want to aim. My my arrows are hitting hard. My broadheads are sharp and cutting. Um, when you go into that, you'll be more focused on the hunt. You'll be stiller. You'll be quieter. Um, you'll mm-hmm. worry about your scent more. Why? Because you're confident in the hunt for that day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It makes it, and and it's, it's one of those things, like, as you, you know, mature in your hunting life, it makes it just that much more fun of an experience to feel like, okay, I've checked these boxes. Like, I know my rifle sighted in. I know that at 200 yards, I'm consistent within, you know, a one inch grouping or same thing with the bow. It's like, I've checked that box. I know that I've placed my stand. I know the wind. I know I've, you know, done all of these things. Now I can just go and enjoy the activity and not have to be thinking about them.
2: Now, and that's why I just want to share um, that if you haven't ever taken the leap into archery hunting, if you haven't ever picked up a bow and said, I want to go out and chase game with this, um, it's such a, a. Well, it it is a daunting task. It it is a it is a big thing. Or if you haven't taken the leap from a compound and you've really, you know, considered or wanted to shoot a recurve, um, it, it, it might be daunting, but at the end of the day, you've perfected something. Like you've learned something, you've tackled something, it makes you more of a versatile outdoorsman, more of a versatile sportsman, more of a versatile hunter. My goal this year, and and, and this is just this is just my goal. Um, I've coined a new term called the hunting hat trick, um, and I'm hoping it catches on. I'm hoping that that uh, Huntwise <laughs> one day will have a T-shirt, um, says the hunting hat trick. And my goal is this: my goal is to shoot three different bucks in three different states with three different weapons, um, because I want to be a versatile outdoorsman. Uh, mm. I, I want to be a versatile hunter. And so, Missouri, I've already killed a deer with my recurve oklahoma i killed a deer with my compound it was a doe um so it's got to be a buck for for it to be a hat trick um so uh oklahoma with a compound or kansas with a compound um arkansas with a rifle or um oklahoma or kansas with a a crossbow whatever it might be um but but i really want to tackle three different deer three different bucks in three different states with three different weapons and just to prove to myself that that I, I I am a versatile hunter. Um, I, I can do it. And so here's what I want to challenge you to do. Um, not you guys, but if you've <laughs> ever completed a hat trick um that I just described, send me three pictures. Um, you can send them to me on my email, thehunting101 podcast at gmail.com. You can send them to me on Instagram at average underscore sportsman. Um, and i want to put those out and and i want to show people uh the versatility of hunters so if you've ever completed a hat trick send me all three pictures it has to be in the same year too um you can't be like well 94 i shot one with my recurve <laughs> um same year so if you've ever completed that send me those three pictures and i love um to celebrate that with you i'd love to put it out and uh and and build some momentum behind this hat trick deal
0: i love Sweet. it that's awesome that's awesome i think you know just in life in general, the pursuit of a new challenge, like it's such a huge, I think thing that we need to keep on doing more and more, it's like from learning a different way to hunt, different, you no know, tool. It's another challenge and challenges are good. They make you a better person. Um, so I love the idea of the hat trick. That's totally, Which is why,
2: you know, that's really why I took the challenge um, in, in the shooting a recurve. And people ask me all the time, um, so are you recurve exclusive now? And I said, absolutely not. That was the complete opposite of why I wanted to shoot a recurve. Um, you know, that, that was, and, and trust me, it's fun enough and it's challenging enough and it's therapeutic enough to where I certainly could only shoot a recurve the rest of my life. But, That's the complete opposite of why I wanted to switch. I wanted to be more versatile. I didn't want to go to one weapon only. I I want to be versatile across the board, and I I want to have that pursuit of perfection um, in all different kinds of shooting. Uh, You know, with a compound, with a recurve, with a crossbow, with a a, a rifle, with a shotgun, with a slingshot, um, whatever it might be. Um, I wanted that versatility. I didn't want to limit myself to one. I just, I just had a, a a friend
1: who they're, I mean, they're like awesome hunters, extreme hunters. Um, and their daughter just got a rabbit with a blow dart. And I was like, really? really? Yeah. Yeah. They're uh, And it, they, you know, they didn't want to, uh, they didn't want to send her off. She's still too young to go off and, and hunt by herself. And so they were like, listen, here's a blow dart. You can practice in the backyard. And I don't know the full story behind it, but I just know, that she got this rabbit with a blow dart. And I was like, that is impressive. Like, I, as a kid, I always yeah. wanted one, but to actually pursue an animal, you know, I wanted to shoot my brother with it is really what I wanted <laughs> to do. But to pursue a hunting uh, passion with this thing, I was I was extremely impressed. That's actually very impressive. Like what's, I'm
0: very curious on like, what's that like, you know, that, the range of a blow dart. Yeah. But especially if you from a child too, from like the lung capacity, that's actually pretty fast. And that's, a, that's actually really impressive.
2: <laughs> but, I um, My favorite thing has become, I have a, a squirrel problem at my house, horrible squirrel problem. And uh, and somebody told me, I, I believe, um, I don't remember if it was, it was either Fred Eichler or it was Chris Perino. They said, you want to be good at shooting a recurve? Hunt small game with it. And, uh, and so I have, my favorite thing to do is go out all day long behind my house and just hunt squirrels on my recurve. But also I've got a little slingshot and I'm like, I just carry it with me all the time. And if I see a squirrel, I pull it out and try to shoot one. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's fun.
0: It's like, uh, have you ever seen that TV show called alone? Oh my gosh. It's my favorite show. Yeah. It's like when you see the people, like all they have is that recurve bow and they're out there and like, and they're shooting grouse they're shooting, maybe a squirrel or rabbit's like you no know, everyone thinks thinks of a moose but it's just like no you have to be dialed in for the very smallest you know target to be prepared for that big moment so
2: everybody thinks of a moose um because it was the first big game animal ever killed on alone yeah um yeah. now shout out to my boy wait have you seen season eight not fully nope but you can give a shout out All nope. good. nope never mind <laughs> <laughs> uh no uh i think, I think I, i'm other really other looking other- forward to looking i'm really looking forward to having clay hayes on the show and talk about his experience on alone um i'm really looking forward to it so uh we got to get through hunting awesome. season and then and then uh have him on the show and and talk about his experience on alone
1: um the one thing I, I love about that the idea of, of shooting animal or shooting game that uh isn't consistent with standing and, you know, being in your tree stand, you know, the distance when they come in or, you know, where they're coming in, that's 25 yards. What I really love the idea is that, you know, not only are you, you have to dial in your bow and you have to make sure that you're consistent hitting that 25, you know, 40, 45 yards within a small grouping, but the challenge of then identifying how far that animal is in between where that you know, 25 yards that you can sit, a, you know, sit a target out and, and all day hit it. But then you put the dynamic of, is it at 32? Is it at, you know, 28? Um, I remember I was in Colorado and, and I had my compound, I had all my pins set and we were walking through and there was a, a, a grouse. And so I put the 35 pin on it and uh, shot over it. And I was like, man, but it didn't move. So I was like, well, this is really cool that I get the opportunity in the field to, you know, I didn't pull my range finder out because we were walking to actually practice ranging. And the next shot, I stuck it and, and actually stuck it right there. Um, and then later in that hunt, I had the same opportunity again to shoot another one. And that one, you know, over time, as you continually practice on different distances without having to range, yeah. you just get better and better at understanding, much like golf, like, Am I at, you know, 200 yards out, 150, 175? What, you know, what driver or what iron do I need? You just, the act in the pursuit of getting perfect or really great at, you know, this thing that you're doing, it doesn't just end at the bow itself. It actually is identifying distances and, um, you know, the drop, a a couple other characteristics of of hunting with a bow, which I think are really cool.
2: I hate golf. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a
1: joke the other day, and
2: somebody said, yeah, I play disc golf um, or golf disc, whatever you call chunking an iron in the woods. <laughs> like, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I think, you know, the people who take – well, this is what, the one thing I hope for, like, you know, anyone who's out there who's interested at, you know, picking up a bow for the first time who maybe does enjoy golf. Like, hey, this is just another activity. You can use those same practice that of mechanics that you've done – golf just in a different format you no know, it's you no know, a lot right. of the same disciplines that hey try something new pick up a new challenge they'll be good for you whether it's picking up a bow or you know, pick up a you know, fly rod and or whatever it is like you no know, pick something new that will challenge you
2: now, you speaking,
1: actually,
2: of, go, now go speaking of speaking of art um you've got it you guys got to go check out my friends over at selway archery um they make the finest traditional quivers on planet earth. Um, I'm looking at one that was custom made. It's a hood. It's a, it's a leather hood and they custom engraved or, or or put on um, the podcast logo on that leather hood. Um, But they are the finest pieces of traditional equipment, I think i've ever found they're beautifully made they're a piece of art um but they're also very 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 functional um so go check out selway archery um for all of your traditional archery quiver needs because they are hands down in my opinion the best and they've got the awesome grayling quiver which is fred bear branded um the old school bear archery logo so if you're a a, a diehard bear archery guy you've got to check out the uh grayling quiver from say from selway It is awesome.
1: Uh, What what were you wanting to say, Andy? Oh, I was just going to say, it's funny, you know, golf and some other bowling, you actually have to have a course or you have to have a driving range. What I love about archery is if you have a backyard (laughs) that either the neighbors allow you to do it or if you have a basement, like at the office here, you know. We have about a 20-yard range if
0: no one's in the way and if we open another door. So, <laughs>
1: so we, sh- we shoot between two offices and we have a 20 yard range of well practice year round here in the office. Um, so it's one of those activities that if you have a, a basement that you can shoot in a garage that you can shoot in, you can do it year round without having to get a bunch of, you know, a membership to a golf course or, or go to a bowling you know, get a bowling league. You can actually do it at your house, which I, I think is a, a really cool advantage to, to, to practicing and you don't have to hunt. You don't actually have to kill an animal. You can just practice this activity, um, as Nate said earlier. It, it does clear your mind to try to be very uh, precise in the in the pursuit of being, or you know, get as good as you can at being uh, dialing that 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 bow in or, or hitting the target at at a certain set of ranges and and sizes.
2: Now, my basement, I can only shoot to ten yards, but what I found is a really good practice method for me at least is i take my target and i'll put the smallest sharpie dot that i can on that target Mm. and then that's what i aim at as though you know i'm aiming at something that's a hundred yards out now obviously you're not changing you're not shooting at a hundred yards but it's such a small precise target um that that it forces you to to execute a very uh clean shot and so And when you're shooting at a dot that small and in, uh, that close of perimeter, um, you know, I don't consider if I, if I miss it by, you know, a quarter of an inch, that's a bad shot. Uh, because then if it's at a hundred yards, well, you miss by two feet. Um, so, um, I, I, that's how I practice. If I have to practice close and indoors and, um, you know, I just put that small, small tiny dot on that target. Um, and that's how I practice. Name small, miss small. You got,
0: you know, that's Absolutely. a tried and true, you no, know, a term that, you know, totally resounds of archery for sure.
2: Yeah. Thanks a lot. Um, bra- no, not Braveheart. Or is it Braveheart? Um,
0: uh, uh, Patriot, Patriot. Patriot.
2: Patriot. Yes. The Patriot. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember it there for, I'm so sorry, dad. Please forgive me <laughs> if you listen to this. You'll be ashamed of me. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> um, gentlemen, I've got a question that I like to ask everyone. And, uh, and you both have to answer neither of you can get out of it. Um, what's one tip that you've learned over the years? Um, just a a quick, easy, um, tip. I'm going to share one with you guys and maybe that'll give some inspiration. Um, but one tip that you've learned in becoming a better archer and hunting and tree stands, whatever it, it is, just a simple little tip could be as easy as don't pee in the wind. Um, but, but here's my tip and and it goes back to Andy talking about judging distances. The best way I've found to practice judging distances is to grab a tennis ball and just chunk it, just throw it and then shoot it where it lies without range finding it. Um, you know, sometimes I throw it at seven yards. Sometimes I throw it at 43 yards. I mean, I just throw it and and roll it, bounce it and wherever it lands, that's where I shoot it. And it forces me to analyze how far is that. Um, and then I've, I've really gotten a lot better at judging distances by practicing that way. So, so that's another, uh, practicing tip that if you want to get better at judging distances, um, just throw a tennis ball and wherever it lands, shoot it. Obviously I use blunt tips, uh, because uh, you would lose hundreds of arrows, but, um, that's a a practicing method that I've, that I'll give you a tip on.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Nate, I'll let you go. Oh man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
0: I was thinking about this, like, I think one, tip or just you know, some something that someone told me is like, hey, if you're in to stand if it makes you happy, you know, take that shot. And I think that goes to the fact that if you just see, if you see that deer and if it makes you happy, you know, don't be worried whether it's a doe or a buck, it just makes you happy that you came in, like you got, you wrote the drawback, you have to uh, you know, execute on everything smoothly. And if it just makes you happy, you know, take that shot, take the animal. It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm going to say the biggest buck. Um, And that's where it's like, hey, if it just makes you happy, take the shot. Don't feel pressure about having to have the, you know, the biggest rack or whatever it is. Or, you know, what will people say if I shoot a smaller deer, you know, given the circumstances. But, yeah, if it makes you happy,
1: take that shot.
2: If it was big enough to shoot, it was the big one. That's all I, I can say. Yep,
1: yep. I kind of support or dovetail off of that one. This is just uh, kind of paying an homage to my dad. Um, for me, he was he was super by the book. You don't break the rules. you don't shoot on someone else's property. You don't take a bad shot. There's always tomorrow, you know, there don't take a bad shot. don't don't try to push the shot. Don't try to just because you saw that buck today and you're worried that you won't get to see it again, it wasn't the right shot. And, uh, so for me, I've learned over the years, I hated that because I always, whenever you see that big one, it's like, Oh, I should, I should take it or, but there's always tomorrow. And, and really obviously the pursuit of, of getting that big animal is, is great, but being in the woods Mm -hmm. and experiencing that adrenaline rush that you rarely will get other places even if you don't get a shot on the big one, it's hard to beat. And so to me, it's, if, if you don't have a clean shot, if you don't have an ethical shot, if it's not a good shot, don't take it. You'll get another shot to do it. There's always next year. There's always tomorrow. Just don't, you know, there's no reason to to wound an animal and not get it um, versus waiting tomorrow or waiting the next day to actually have that, that really good, clean shot on it.
2: Yeah. I had a time last year and, uh, I kept going back and forth. I had, I have um, one shooter buck that that I've been after for for this season will be the fourth. So last year was the third. Wow. I had him at forty yards, and uh, and I really just didn't have a good shot. And I, I went through several because he was there for several minutes, and uh, I went through it in my head. I'm like, I can squeeze it through there, um, and then I'm like, no, I I can't. I you know I, I won't. Um, how it was is, is, is his head, his neck was behind a tree covering up most of his vitals. And then there was a little gap where I thought I could hit vitals, but the, his rear end was behind another tree. And I'm like, Oh, I just don't, I I don't. And I'd come to full draw and I'm like, I can squeeze it in there. And I'm like, no, I can't. Um, I shouldn't. And, uh, lo and behold, I didn't get another shot at that buck, but guess what? Now I just have another year to hunt him. So, uh, perfect tip. Great tip. i I mean go ahead
1: no i I think that's i mean that's an awesome story like that's exactly looking at it you yeah you didn't get the opportunity to get him or you didn't get him but you have this year if he's still around he's bigger and you get to hunt him again so i think that's awesome
2: now um maybe i shouldn't share that i haven't seen the deer this year yet um Because then we're, we kind of ruin our tip, but
1: (laughs) season's just started.
2: started. I'm hoping, man. I'm hoping every time I go out, I'm like, come on, come on, come on. He's about 180 inch, 185 inch buck. And, uh, I'm like, come on, come on. And I just haven't seen him again yet, but, um, there's still time. There's still time. Um, Now, one thing I'm also very passionate about is the cooking of wild game. Um, I love eating wild game. I probably eat venison three times a week, um, maybe four times a week. I I love cooking and eating what I harvest. Um, I work with some really awesome guys over at Rebel Six Rubs. They have nine different rubs for all different kinds of wild game. Um, And so I I, I like to ask my listener – or I'm sorry, I like to ask my guest – What's one thing, maybe one wild game that you love, one wild game that you hate, one specific recipe that you make really well? Um, what do you got for me? I got one, but I'll, do you want to go first?
1: <laughs> no, you go first. Yeah. Okay. So, this is um, my wife, her family, they, they weren't hunters. So, you know, eating wild game was, it wasn't fun, but it just wasn't something I grew up. I did I hunted fish, turkeys, deer, you know, bear. So we were always eating it. Um, and I, I found one recipe or she actually made it and, and it was like a house hit. So for us, it's um, ground venison. So you take ground venison, you brown it, and then cube up sweet potatoes. So probably, the, you know, one inch by one inch cube sweet potatoes, a quarter cup of water, So brown the venison, cube the sweet potatoes, put the sweet potatoes in with a quarter cup of water and steam them for about 10 minutes. Now, all of this timing and measurement, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know the exact, Um, but you do that. So the potatoes, sweet potatoes are soft. Then put spinach and cheese on top. Put the lid back on and let that, the spinach wilt and the cheese melt. And there's a, a, uh, I guess it's, sauce or what it is it's a kind of it's called umi plum vinegar and (laughs) um that is the key to it all so the the venison has a really earthy the sweet potato is sweet on top of it with the cheese is kind of tangy the spinach is healthy (laughs) and then the umi plum vinegar has this kind of characteristic that brings it all together and we are constantly making that during season and for people who are Not venison or wild game lovers have a very, very hard time identifying this venison or any wild game as um, as being a wild game. So for me, that's that's our household go to if we're going to have people over or if we're going to do, you know, venison, our kids eat it. um, That's the one that we go to.
2: I love tricking people. I love (laughs) tricking people who say, oh, I'll never eat a, a deer. And I'm like, really? You just did. Yeah, Yeah. I'm like you loved it ten seconds ago, but now that you know it's a wild game, it was harvested in the wild. All of a sudden, you don't like it.
0: (laughs) It's uh, it's always fun. It's always fun for me. I'd say um, I love turkey hunting. So for me, this is more of a turkey recipe where you just take the turkey breast, you keep it up, wrap in bacon, you put like a smoked uh rub on it, and then some brown sugar, and just put in the oven. Um. It's so I'm fun wondering. when you do like, you know, like, whether like, it's almost like appetizers, basically. Um, when people, like you said, like, who've never hunted, like, this is, it's wild game. It's wild turkey. You no, know, it's not GMO, whatever process. Like this is, this was alive, you know, 36 hours ago, whatever it was. But yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing to just see people's reaction when they actually have that connection to the animal and the food that they're eating and that they actually enjoy it. It puts, uh, I think it puts hunting in a different perspective. Like, Oh, I can see why people do this. Cause this is delicious.
2: Right now. Um, that was, uh, I, I, um, I was having some friends over the night and I had already told them, I want to make you some, some venison carne asada steak tacos. And they were like, deal that. That sounds good. And there was a couple people in that group who had never had wild game. And, uh, and I was really excited for them to partake. And that doe I shot in Oklahoma um, with my compound was the night before that party was supposed to take place. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. Um, so I ripped the backstraps and the tenderloins out of that buck, took it home. And they had backstrap that literally had been out of the deer for, you know, 18 hours. And uh, and it had been soaking in, in salt water for 18 hours, pulled out all the blood, all the gaminess. And they loved it. They absolutely loved it. Um, I used a little bit of the, uh, the spicy deer uh, rub from Rebel 6 and maybe a little bit too much because <laughs> my kids thought it was too hot. But um, it was fantastic. Guys, go check out Rebel 6 rubs. You can use code BEAR101 at checkout for a discount. And, uh, and they've got different rubs to cover all of your wild game from fish to bear to um, waterfowl and turkeys. Go check out rebel six rubs guys. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate your platform. I really do. It's a phenomenal platform. So, um, kudos to you guys for, for, for coming out with this, this incredible, easy to use platform.
0: Well, we appreciate you having us on Dylan. Yeah. We really do. It's been a uh, great talking and, uh, looking forward to keep on talking throughout the year and hopefully share some pictures and, uh, yeah, we'll have more
2: stuff in the future to talk about and, in- uh later on guys huntwise.com use code hunt101 for 20 percent off uh it'll save you like 30 bucks so go check out huntwise.com where can they find you on social oh we can do
0: the huntwise app on ig facebook um our youtube channel as well we just have a couple of good films on there but yeah those are social handles
2: all right gentlemen thank you so much for coming on guys thank you for listening have a great uh rest of your season and go enjoy that rut because it is kicking off you might be listening to this on your way to your tree stand make sure and pee from it because it will help you uh thank you guys for coming on thank you for listening y'all have a great week take care see you